0: Okay, welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen, your host here, along with my good friend, Arusha Paris, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. It's December 29th, 2021, and hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas and looking forward to a great new year. Um, We got something a little special for you today. Uh, Arusha and I decided to take a day off, and so what we're going to do is we're going to do a repeat here for you. Uh, This is one of our best of, uh, you just had Jim Ropel on the podcast. Uh, Jim Ropel of course, is the founder of Ropel Capital Management um, and also growth stock mentor. Uh, big fan of Bill O'Neill's from way back. Uh, followed him for years and years and is a big success in his own right. Uh, very optimistic, always sharing these great stories. And there was a, a point in time where he sat down with Arusha Paris uh, for quite a while and Arusha, why don't you talk a little bit about how this uh, how this came about?
1: Yeah. Well, when I originally had Jim on the podcast, we we spoke for a number of hours before actually recording the very first one, which is kind of the normal structure that everyone is used to. We talked about the markets, current stocks, things like that. But he shared so many other stories just from his trading career that uh, we we just thought that hey, we should try to record. A very unique, special podcast uh, with him just sharing those stories with everybody. And so, luckily, he was flying out to LA for the the Masters program, the 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 Can Slim Masters program, mm-hmm. which he would come every year. Now, here's Jim Jim Ropel. He's been doing this for a long time, being mentored by Bill for years. We saw him every year flying in, flying out mm-hmm. to listen to us. Uh, you know, talk about Can slim and he would sit in the crowd and, and pick up a few things here and there. Mm-hmm. But um, so when he was flying out, he flew out a little bit earlier. His flight actually got delayed super long. And so he got in like at six at six at night. But we just went up to the studio and we spoke for a couple of hours. And these stories are just incredible. And, and really kind of the reality of a, a fund manager, what, what he has to deal with when going on vacation and and things Mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, he just shares a lot of lessons that I think we can all learn from. And it was, uh, without a doubt, one of the most popular episodes of the podcast uh, in the first couple of years. Yeah. And now this was done two years ago. But you know, as you said, a lot of these
0: stories are just timeless. And so uh, that's why we decided to go ahead and do a repeat for you because we thought that these lessons were important. And a lot of people I think will get a lot out of this episode. So hope you enjoy and hope you all have a happy new year.
1: Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to Investing with IBD. I'm Arusha Pierce, your host, and this is a bonus podcast episode, a holiday edition. We have Jim Ropel here in the studio. It's still December 11th, but we ran out of time for our regular segment, and we wanted to add a special episode that we like to call War Stories with Jim Ropel. So, we're going to go over a number of really cool stories that Jim has had over his 30-year career, and hopefully these will be, uh, there are going to be a lot of great lessons for all of us to take from them. So, Jim, let's start off with your upbringing, because you had a tough upbringing, and uh, I, I, there, there are obviously a lot of lessons that
2: we can all learn from this. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I everything was great. You know, I, I had great parents. Um, we were, I wouldn't say we were poor. Like, we weren't on food stamps or anything, but we didn't have any money. Uh-huh. And we kind of, we grew up in a town that has a lot of kind of, hidden deep wealth in it. And uh, that was a defining moment for me because I was poor or broke. I couldn't buy nice clothes. And I had friends who would, this is 30 years ago, they'd spend $1,000 without even asking their parents. Wow. And I said, you know, that really built a fire in me. I said, I really want that. And to give you an example, like my dad bought his first house for $7,000. Oh my God. Um, and so right around third grade, the whole world kind of shifted under my feet, because I realized um, these kids are reading and doing math, and I was just looking at it like it was Chinese. I, 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 and they realized I had dyslexia, and I was also I'm about five feet tall. I'm a dwarf, and I was a super easy target for being in these LD classes, and I was bullied a lot. I mean, I wouldn't say I, I didn't get beat up every day, but I got pushed around a lot mm-hmm. and picked on. And so the two defining moments, well, my parents got divorced also, and so the defining things when I was young was people who had a lot of money, and I had none, and being dyslexic and being bullied. So it it kind of made me work very hard. I w- literally would shovel four driveways on snowy days before school. Wow. And I I was always a very hard worker. And I think that seeing what money could buy and what other people had built a fire in me. So... I don't think raising children with a lot of money is a good idea. Um, and so those, those are, my mother was my, like, savior. She, every night when I would go to bed, she knew I was struggling deeply. And she asked me every night, tell me three bad things that happened today and three good. And she got me through all that. Wow. I wow. mean, my mom is the reason that I am where I am today. But things got a lot better. And I, I overcame my dyslexic issues and I went to college And I met two really great guys. One of them's dad was a stockbroker, and the other one had inherited a bunch of money and was in the market. And the three of us just dove into the market. And then the crash of 87 happened, and I was just hooked, I mean captivated. And I went on my first interview right out of college, the very first one they hired me, as a cold call stock jackie. But the problem was I had no idea what I was doing, zero. And I would spend all this time building big positions in stocks, and then they would blow up in my face. I mean, um, this is about biotech. I built a big position in a stock called Cenocor. I mean, I spent like nine months cold calling, opening accounts. It's very hard to do. And they had a drug called Centoxin, which was, it cured septicemia. The FDA approves it. And then in the boomerang oddball of all things, they rescind their approval. Oh, wow. So I I was buying it at $18 to $30. It goes to 60 $60. They pulled the FDA approval and the stock implodes to back to like eighteen and it, it went there in like a couple of days yeah so earnings matter yeah. really matter um and so I blew up my book many times, but then I found the system I found the first the paper, then the book, and I kept studying and reading and cutting losses and I really started to get success from it and uh my business really started to grow as i started to make money the problem was as all my customers were making money over time i started to realize that the brokerage firm was not our friend and i'm not really going to go into why but i realized that it was rigged against the customer they were only interested in making money and i i could make a lot more money running a hedge fund so i left and i started to get kind of closer to bill back then well i was a customer and bill and i would talk on the phone a bunch and I got so fortunate that Bill really took a lot of time with me and I would send him FedEx packages uh, and he would hand write on these notes. I mean, I brought some of them Yeah, up. yeah. and he would just write out pages, six. I just showed you five pages. There's just yeah, one. Incredible. And so I really got, I was very fortunate that Bill spent time with me and he helped me hone And another guy named Lee Freestone, who mm-hmm. used to work here. Lee and I became friends and he spent time with me. And so it, that's kind of the story
1: yeah and, and it's interesting a, a few other things you've, you've told me is that you know you, you're cutting your losses and you knew that one day you're, you're gonna stumble onto a monster right one day you're going to find yourself in one of those great stocks
2: it's kind of like if you want to be a big wave surfer you have to get off the beach and get in that water and you have to have the wave curl over on you and curl over you. and but if you cut those losses and you're doing everything right. One day, that wave you're going to catch it, and it's going to be a monster. And I was literally sitting at my dad's desk in his office, and I was writing down what I paid, what I cut the loss, and over and over. And I go, you know, one of these days I'm going to catch a monster. Yeah. And sure enough, they all came.
1: Yeah, and and you will make. You also realize that you will make money over time if you take the time to learn the system,
2: and and keep going too, and, and really do things that no one else wants to do. Absolutely time I mean over long stretches of time I mean my wife my wife literally said the first several years of me as a retail broker I lost money every year my wife's like you are in the wrong business full-blown I want you to quit and get a different industry yeah go be a lawyer sell insurance or something but and she was probably right I mean the tax returns were a disaster but I was not giving up I mean I read a book called a random walk down Wall Street and I took it it was like a quest to prove it wrong. I knew that was crap. Yeah. Well, it's crap for people who won't apply themselves and do all the right things. But I'm sorry, it's crap for people who will do all the right things. Yeah. So.
1: And and so in the end, with your upbringing, all the kind of the odds against you, you know, you're proof that you can make it if you put put enough time and effort. I'll
2: just tell you, I mean, I, my grades were not really good. They were bad. They were horrible. I couldn't read and do math in eighth grade. They just pushed me along. Mm-hmm. Now, in college, I in, I got a lot better by the, my senior year. But, you know, like the only class I did grade in in college was like economics because I was fascinated by it. Um, so being a great student is not that relevant to making money in the stock market. But having great discipline over long, long stretches certainly is. Awesome. So let's go to let's go
1: to the, the next story. What we'll, we'll call this story uh, Three Amigos," and, and this is about uh, so, some analysts who, who who made a prediction uh, about a few stocks that were gonna. I think they were predicting it was gonna. They're gonna go to zero, or they weren't gonna do very well.
2: Yeah, I was working in a large wire house at the time, and I had built a really big position in eBay. And I come into work one morning. And the well-known analyst on CNBC all the time comes out with a report, and it's called the Three Amigos, and it was eBay, Amazon, and Yahoo. And she's like, or all the they had it was a ten-page report with thirty thousand reasons why these stocks were going down. They were overvalued. There's a thousand reasons. And again, they rattle all the stocks. They rattled the whole sector. But I, the charts were speaking to me. I, I, I couldn't imagine all that accumulation just going away immediately. So the report is right here. <laughs> and it's dated May 1st 2003 and eBay went for, split adjusted from 9 to 25 in and, about a year and a half. And and that and eBay was Bill's biggest position at that point too. Yeah, and I mean, when you looked at eBay, if there's 30 variables in a canslim template stock, it had 29. It, I mean, you could lose money, but you're just if you buy stocks that have 29 variables out of 30. Over time, you're—you have an edge, a significant edge, and I knew I had it. And uh, it went from 9 to 25, split-adjusted. Amazon went from 22 to 60. That's a 200% gain. It, I, I don't have the stats on Yahoo, but again, it went way up. Oh yeah, it went did really well. So analysts—they don't have any skin in the game. Yeah. And so the three amigos happen to be the three good amigos. So yeah. don't pay attention to analysts. They don't have any skin in the game.
1: Right. And, and uh, also, it's, the market's always right. If you learn how to read charts, you learn how to analyze the way we do here, uh, you're going to find yourself <laughs> in the best stocks because you're actually following the, the, the real action or the buying action of, of the smartest people in the room, and they're slowly acquiring these, uh, these great
2: stocks at the right time. Absolutely. And, and, and you will get, you're absolutely going to get downgrades in leading stocks because valuation people uh, want to rattle them down. But I think Bill said three hours to three days, a downgrade that's not worthy of its, if it's an uncredible report, the institutions are going to come in. Yep. And that's why it's really important to have great institutional support. A lot of these stocks, trading in the first 30 minutes of the day has got to be the worst thing you can do. Yep. I mean, there's a rare case on the gap up. On earnings, where having the experience to know this is a time when you have to break that rule and get in there. But most of the time, you'll have Maria Bartiromo jumping up and down saying, Upgrade on this. (laughs) And the institutions are going to sell into that about 20 minutes later. Yeah. So um, the three amigos, great story. But analysts are just taken with a grain of salt. Okay. Let's take a quick break here, and we will be back in a second.
1: Kicking yourself for that early exit, you can prevent them.
0: And it's easier than you think. Go to freestockcoaching.com to see the tool independent traders are using to perfect their trades, artificial intelligence. AI doesn't involve staring at your screen for hours and no research is needed. Just pick a stock and press a button. Visit freestockcoaching.com to see a live demo now. You need to be ready for rapid market changes and AI can help you avoid potential losses. Check out freestockcoaching.com to learn more. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance.
1: Okay, we are back with investing with IBD and this special episode of War Stories with Jim Ropel. Let's go to the third story, and, and this is about ego, and, and this was a, a valuable lesson that you learned uh, the hard way. Um,
2: so I was having a really, really good year in 2011, and you do really crazy things like buy expensive cars <laughs> or fly on private jets. And I love, love, love to play golf. And I rent a jet and we fly to a place called Bandon Dunes, which is Mecca for golfers. And my ego was running high and I knew we'd had to get there early. So we fly out before the market's open. So I'm not watching for the first hour. So we land. And I mean, the second wheels are down, I pull up my handheld. I'm like, this can't be right. I'm like, this is there's a glitch. So I call the trading desk. and I'm like, no, everything you have is down like 20 points. And I am like kind of freaking out. And the driver looks at me, he goes, Sir, he goes you look a little distressed. He goes, are you going to need your phone? I'm like, yeah, I was 150 million long, 75 million on margin. I was really oh long the world. He goes, there's a snag. The, we had a huge storm at the golf course last night up on the hill. And he goes, there's no cell service. And I'm looking at this, and I'm I'm freaking out. And I looked at all the charts really quick, and I made a snap decision. I sold $50 million worth of stock on the spot. So we get to the course, play golf, and I can't, I'm with my three best friends at Mecca. I can't hit a golf ball, I can't do anything. I'm walking down the fair with the handheld, ruined my whole day, and at that point, this might have been my biggest loss. I think I lost $4 million that day. Mm-hmm. So we finish golf, all my buddies go off into the bar, they're having a great time. I go into the clubhouse and I go to one of their computers and I download Wanda and I fire it up and I spend about two hours in there and I'm like, well, it's just a disastrous day, but, and Oh, it was a charity event. I was going to make a contribution. So I get, my ego was just raging, but I like, I go, I go back to the bar and have a drink and I'm like, it was a bad day, but tomorrow will be better. It's not, not that big of a deal. The next day, I think it might've been, uh, uh app begin with an A, uh, um, Acme Packet, I think. Oh, okay. Acme Packet misses. And it, just I'll leave it at this. The next day, I lost like $6 million. Oh, or Whatever it was day one, I lost 30% more the next day. It was just, and I'm thinking in hindsight, I'm like, what was going on? I fly leaving the market naked on the open. I'm in a private jet. Yeah. I mean, all these crazy things happen after year. and I, by the way, I was up, way up that year. And I ended up having a mediocre year. So when you're doing things like extravagant things, you're feeling overly confident. You're going to get pummeled. So, and especially when your driver says, "Do you need your phone?" and you're not going to have it all day. That just was like, I think like went like white, like Casper the Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: let, let's go into SDLI, and and uh, th- th- this was a, a really interesting, re- really interesting story about uh, patterns repeating.
2: Yeah, this is um in. Early or mid-2000, I think the market had already peaked because I was reviewing this the other night, and uh-huh. I was like, it's really odd that this stock roared. I, I think the market had peaked before, but the pattern to me in SDL I looked very much like Broadcom, which had up to that point been my largest gain, and I said, oh, this is going to be great, so I, I buy some around 200. And I remember I was playing golf about three days later after the market had closed, and I got stopped out of it. I was so disgusted, I walked off after nine. And I was just frustrated, but the stock turned around about five or six days later, crossed the high, buy a thousand. It crosses the next high, buy another thousand, and then the third high. So it's three, looks like a stair step down. Okay, I'm long, and this stock roars from 200 to like exactly 320. And so I remember I was in my old house, and I'm in bed, and I wake up, and I look at the pre market. I pull the covers, and I look at the tape, and I'm like. It's down 70 points. And I just took the covers, pulled them over my head, and I'm like, I just lost like, you know, big money. Yeah. So I'm hiding under the covers for a few minutes. I pull the covers back up and I look, and I'm like, it's not down 60. It's up like 100. <laughs> <laughs> or it was up like 80 because that- JDS Uniphase made a bid for it. Wow. And so it explode. It wasn't down, it was up. So it's trading around 320. Uh, and. On the takeover, it wasn't a cash deal, it was a stock deal. And Uniphase then blew off and it roars to four eighty. And just this whole thing happened in like a month. So I went from walking off a golf course, got to get stopped out right. to Freaking out thinking I took a giant loss to having one of the biggest gains I'd ever had.
1: Yeah, but so, but you, once you got stopped out, once it started doing something better, you started to get back into the stock though, too.
2: Yeah, the, the memory of Baidu, was, I'm sorry, uh, Broadcom was so fresh in my mind. I, and I, the pattern looked really similar. Mm. And again, earnings were up triple digits the prior three quarters. It had a, a chip that had to be had for uh, fiber optic uh, um, multiplexers, which there was a bandwidth shortage at that time. Okay. And the, it all lined up. But I, I just found that um, when you wake up in the morning and think you'd lost a, a, a huge amount of money, and actually you'd made a huge yeah. amount of money, is uh, something to wake up, not wake up to, and then wake up yeah, to. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, that, that that was a good case scenario <laughs> right there of, of things turning around. Now, let, let's talk about Enzo Biochem and, and uh, a mayor that you were uh,
2: uh, talking with. Okay, this was a thinner stock back, and again, I think it's right around 2000. And there was a, the mayor of our town, of this little town called Lake Forest uh, was a broker in our office, and he specialized in biotech. And I see Enzo make like a perfect cup and handle, and I buy a bunch of it. he's like, hey, welcome to the club, man. This is the greatest stock in the world. And it, it has a great pattern in it. It, it really, it was an exceptional blow off, and it, I can't remember exactly where I bought it, but it went up like a couple hundred percent in a very brief period. And so one morning I walk in and it gaps open and call it 20 points or more. And all of a sudden I'm watching it and next thing you know, it's up five and then it's even. And next thing you know, it's like down five or 10. So I call, I literally called the floor. I said, sell everything I have in one big block. And the guy freaks out, he's like, there's no buyers at all. And then they halted the stock Mm -hmm. and they reopened and they blow all my stock out. And it's down like, I think it was down 18 points down. Wow. And the mayor in the back office comes running down the hallways like, you idiot, they have a cure for AIDS. He goes, he leaves like, it's gonna go to a thousand. Yeah. You can't sell. I'm like, I go, dude, I go, I don't know whether they have a cure for AIDS or not, but the market doesn't think so. He's like, You this is the biggest winning stock is this is gonna change your life. And um, as far as I know, he still has it and it's gone. I think it's certainly to the single digits if it's not even around anymore. But it's kind of hard having somebody go, this has got they have a cure for AIDS. Yeah. And the stock is just made you so much money. You're, you've got that intoxication feeling, but it was only at about, say I was buying it at 30, 40, 50, 60, it was 150 or more. And it, when someone says, it's going to go to a 1,000. Right. Do the math. Right. I know. Yeah. And you've got to sell. Yeah. Because it's reversed. Yeah so that's the story of the mayor <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
1: I mean, that, I mean it is a good lesson though to, to to regardless of what people say and what stories are promised you have to listen to the market and listen to what the stock is doing because clearly the market didn't agree that it had the cure well they,
2: they, they didn't have a cure for it it was a right. rumor <laughs> right exactly <laughs> i mean the market knows the market is going to ferret out bs every time i mean maybe not the market can do funny things for a few days or so. Prices mm. can get out of whack a little bit, yeah. but the market's going to figure it out. Right, in always. The, in
1: the end, it's going to go. It's going to go to the fundamentals, whether, whether whether you whether you like it or not. Absolutely. So let's go to Baidu, and and this was a this was a stock that that you were tra- trading a uh, during what two thousand six when when it,
2: when it really started going. So I'm watching Baidu. It has an IPO, and it it explodes up. Right. And it was a, a lot of hype, and then it just kind of went dormant. And it went, in, and I was very enamored with it, um, because there was what 1.5 billion people in China, right? And I read that only a hundred million or something like that were online, but every day 30,000 people were going online. It's mind-boggling. And I'm like, this is a lock. And then I find out that the Chinese government is in a battle with Google over privacy or over uh, free speech. Right. So Google says, you know, do no harm. We're, we're, we're not going to uh, acquiesce to you. So what does China do? They redirect every query to Google to Baidu. So now I know there's a massive total adjustable market. They The leading competition's blocked out. And so this stock just takes off and it goes wild. And I really, it had like, many weeks in a row up and I built a really, really big position. I think it was around seven hundred and fifty dollars a share or something. And I had and it might have gone to a thousand. Yeah. And I had seventy five thousand shares. And it splits ten for one. And one morning they report earnings and during the call they say, Oh, by the way, we're gonna completely change our whole platform from what you know now to something called Phoenix Nest. And it it gapped down really big and i this was the biggest i had 750000 i think it's 750000 shares which was just an earth shaker position yeah and the loss on the day was it it was really big and i you know it just made my stomach knot up and i ended up selling off a bunch of it but it turned around just it seems like days later and i added it all back and it went into a phenomenal climax run um and i got out of it in many different pieces But it it was my notes. The bottom line is you've got to have the fundamentals when, you know, you've got a story where the total adjustable market is enormous. The government's on your side. All these things line up. Every stock that I've had where I've done exceedingly well, I knew intimately the fundamentals. And they just seem to all line up and they'll have these blow they'll they'll act just like the prior stocks with earnings and just all the variables
1: yeah but let's also talk about a, a stock that's gapping down on you right and or and, and it's it starting across a threshold that where there's you're taking on a lot more risk that there's a point where you can't freeze right you have to act
2: well what if i was what if it did blow up like i had so much it could it could have ended me yeah it was a that was a monster position, and I had to sell some. You, you, you cannot freeze. But again, you have to be vigilant. You've got to understand that both things can happen. So I trimmed a bunch. I might have sold 20 or 30% of it, but when it started coming back up, I added right back in. Yeah. Um, and again, this didn't happen overnight. This one took, I was in it for 18 months. And so there was a lot of um, selling a little bit when it got really excessively high, mm-hmm. um, adding back in. Uh, but it was my biggest gainer ever. I mean I think I made really a, it was it was like 29 million dollars on it I think. So my fund crushed it. Yeah. Uh, but so knowing your fundamentals intimately and having a blockbuster story, not just an okay story but like one of the best you've ever heard and then sitting for the distance, knowing the average winning stock, like the longest winner in history was waste management. I think it went up 222 weeks. Um but the average is about 95 98 weeks and if you're going to catch these monsters you're going to have to sit through many pullbacks to the 50 day and 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 you're going to probably have a couple of earnings misses along yeah. or maybe one miss and but when you understand the fundamentals it gives you the 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 fortitude to
1: stay with it and 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 you have to sit through a number yeah and and yeah as you said sitting you have to sit through a number of these earnings reports and the the, the big winners or when they're in that great run, they're going to have good reports one after the other. They may, There might be one after a few of them where they're going to get hit and test you. But at that point, you already have a low-cost basis. You're hopefully, you're up a decent amount that you could ride through that.
2: Yeah. The, the cockroach theory prevails in all, most leaders where they beat, they beat, they beat. Um, and that's you, you have to sit. You have to know history. You have to know history of the leaders, history of the market. And once you once you have that, and you have some confidence, you'll be much more likely to sit.
1: So let's talk about uh, Sandisk. And uh, now this this was a stock that came up on your your screen, mm-hmm. uh, your your volume up screen. And and uh, well, well, let's go over this story. Then these guys have been acquired,
2: right? They they're they're no longer yes. Yeah, so way way down the road they were, but yeah. Um, I'd known Sandisk because it had just been a semiconductor company for a long time. And I, I thought it was a semiconductor company. Uh, but I'd recently had a, my second child. And we, this is 2003, I think. And so you have to come to the office early and you have to run your volume screen. And I look and there's this stock. It's Sandisk and it's up. I think average daily volume was somewhere around a million, a million five a day. It That day it traded 23 million shares, I think. Wow. So it wasn't just a gap up on. A massive earnings beat. I mean, they, and again, I'm gonna overstate the case, but say they were supposed to earn seven cents that day. They earned like 21. It was a crushing beat. So I buy, I buy this in every account I'm managing. I mean, I, I load up. That's a little bit of a misnomer. I bought, I bought it for everybody. Yeah. But I uh, right on the the second I saw that, I bought it across the board for a half a position for everybody. And about an hour later, my wife calls. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, you know, we've got that digital camera. I'm like, yeah. She's like, can you believe it'll only hold five pictures? You have to buy this thing called a memory stick, and it's made by SanDisk. And I'm like, little (laughs) do you know, I just put half your IRA in this thing. And I'm like, I heard that, and I'm like, oh, my God. Now I have the fundamentals and the earnings beat and the volume. And as the day progressed, it was like every other hour, I added, added, added. And the thing sand disclosed at the dead high and it went on a run of many months and it at one point after it was up significantly I I was very lucky I mean it was it was really luck it was super extended over the 50 and I said you know this thing's gonna pull back to the 50 it'll probably take a couple weeks to get there mm-hmm. or, you know whatever so I I leaked out about 30% of the whole position uh, across the board and to my surprise about a week later sandic dove to the 50 day in about two days or more and i when it broke the 50 it broke it so violently i just i just let all of it rip because yeah. it was such a big gain for me um but the the story again is fundamentals. So if you have children this is peter lynch follow your daughters around the shopping mall i mean i call my wife the procurement department so you know whatever you need leo gets she just goes out and gets whatever we need so she's follow your wife follow those kids get the fundamentals and when you realize there's a revolution in photography that has to have a memory stick and sandisk is the leader and they blew earnings up by 300 percent estimate above estimates yeah it's the fundamentals bill would say i'm more of a fundamentalist than a, an, a technical uh chartist and i think people got very confused with that because he'd get so excited about charts right. he would speak more about the reversal or the whatever and he he overstated maybe the case. Bill, you're the greatest, but yeah, that- <laughs> yeah.
1: Now also talk about you know, being impulsive, right? And and acting. Mm-hmm. So so Sandisk was up huge on that day, and you didn't really hesitate. You started. Buying at that at that time and and sometimes now a lot of, uh, sometimes you have to do that right especially if it's as an, er, after an earnings report they're they're blowing out their they're uh, they're completely blowing away expectations and there's a great story there and sometimes you just have to go over after it kind of like a Dexcom uh, it's a more recent example of that it's
2: if you don't understand exactly what it looks like through a lot of experience you can make a lot of dumb purchases right. And sometimes even really good ones are going to revert. You have to be ready for them to reverse. But it's being impulsive is a double-edged. So you slow and determined, waiting for that perfect pitch. Like I said, overtrading is is the death knell for so many people. You should only be buying a couple times a year on great cups, cups and handles. How often do they form? You've got to have a correction. Yeah. But then there's those rare occurrences when you just have got you. You see it, you line it all up and you have to make a decision right now in in it sometimes in the first 30 minutes and but then you don't plunge you take half your position and as the day progresses you add it just keep adding and adding and adding and if it closes at the dead high and the volumes you know it's supposed to trade a million five and it trades 23 million shares yeah, right well you know that was that was clearly some whales and they're not their analysts are doing very good work yes so all you have to do is follow those whales and uh, they're really doing the, the research first you're gonna I would say half the stocks that I've had good success with were gap ups on earnings I mean it's and it's scary uh, maybe the volume wasn't 23 million shares the stock would it closed up 23 percent on the day now wow. how many people are gonna go sure I'll put a third of my account into that stock up 23%. Right. That's scary.
1: very scary. Yep.
2: Okay. So let's take a
1: quick break here and we will be back in a second. Why trade off hope and
0: optimism when you can trade using the world's most powerful indicator? Artificial intelligence has been used by traders to navigate the markets for the past three decades. Visit freestockcoaching.com to see the world-leading AI forecasting software for yourself. Trusted by more than 32,000 traders, AI uses millions of data points to track market trends, giving you the support you need right now. Go to freestockcoaching.com and we'll help you find great opportunities today. Our experts will show you what stocks are setting up for big changes right now. So head over to freestockcoaching.com for a free demo. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance.
1: And we're back with this special episode, holiday version of Investing with IBD, War Stories with Jim Ropel. And so let's get into more stories. So now let's talk about disappointments and hypes, because this is something that everyone can fall prey to, especially if they, they read some article and, and say that, you know, this new technology is the, the next great thing. And and I think we all fell, fell prey to this because
2: it sounded so cool, but uh, 3D printing. 3D printing, I honestly thought by this time in history that a third of the country would have a 3D printer in their house. I mean, I saw that print uh, product would be printed at point of use. Yeah. I, I saw so many uses for this. I, I was overwhelmed by the fundamentals but i wasn't using the product and i didn't understand that it was very very complicated and complex and the average person was never going to be able to program this thing and so the hype around these and the stocks did have they did go on pretty good runs though they they had some good runs but they they just didn't follow through for the long term and they i would say almost all of them ended up going into the single digits so i think the one that i really is the weed stocks the hype around the weed stocks it was so enormous yeah and they just proved look at them today the tax loss selling is going to drive these things into the low single digits before before new year's eve yeah um, I, I, hype is i, I got to tell you the i made one of the biggest bogeys of my life i i put some money in a cryptocurrency uh, and it was i put i'll just tell you it went from almost nothing to in my own personal account 3 million dollars and I didn't quite understand that it wasn't as durable as a concept or they weren't as evolved in the process as I'd thought. So number one, when you have something like that, you have life-changing money. You need to take, take yeah. some of that off yeah. the table. So, so you, you bought cryptos. At the, this was like, Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I actually, I have a crypto hedge fund also besides okay. stock fund. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but when you have a gain like that and the hype is just insane, like... Everyone is talking about it at the Christmas table. Yeah. Well, right. Thanksgiving table. And then they exactly. reload at Christmas. Yeah. There's there's too much hype in it. That's when Bitcoin was like about to Max hit 20,000. Peaking. Right? Yeah. right
1: there. Right. Um, I remember. That was two years ago. I remember
2: and that. I've seen people, I, there was a secretary when I was at Morgan Stanley who bought a tiny little stock and it went to 27. It was a, It was maybe a dollar and she didn't take any of it. Yeah. And it went to zero. I mean, I've seen this. In my life, I know probably six instances where people had life-changing money where it went to zero. So you've got to take these things, and they invariably are on these junk little uh, names that, and it's all about the hype. And you just, if there's like when Facebook came public, Mm -hmm. when you're when someone who knows nothing about the stock market's like, hey should we buy facebook no <laughs> right
1: yeah or 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 the weird thing about facebook is you you, you could get actually get the pre ipo shares of facebook that it was just kind of being no ed you want to, people are trying to get out of it at that point i don't think i've ever seen anything like that where for such a such a big stock to come out that you could actually get the normal person
2: could go and get shares before the ipo and people weren't just getting what they asked for they were getting all of what they, I mean, they were some people. I know a guy who got more. Wow, um, that's just that's the death. And on the converse, uh, the opposite side of that, when you're in a bear market, if a stock can go public, that is of the very, very highest quality. Now the market may be in a wicked downtrend, but when they launch a deal in a bear, or yeah. y- you absolutely have got that is that's value. That or not, I don't know if it's a value stock, but it's valuable information. some of the biggest biggest winners. Were launched in bears, um, so the That's opposite really the movie. opposite of hype. Yeah, if they can get people to pony up their cash when they're getting mauled, there's something special there.
1: So let's let's end with one more story here, and and this is Eve, and and Eve, Eve is a shopper, right? She she she's a, she's part of your team. Yes, and, and and she she's a shopper, and she she's she's managing money, and she she's really into the system, and she's here a lot of times at the Masters program. Uh, uh, but she goes on and tries a lot of these products
2: uh, to to really understand them. Talk about that. Um, no matter the price, like a Tesla is not out of range for a um, a market research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, whoa, Green Mountain Coffee. Yeah, the Keurig machine. She bought that. Yeah. She, I mean, she buys almost all of these. But one time, there was this Chinese. I think it was a software security stock. And we're looking at it, and so she goes, she didn't even tell me. So she goes on the website, and this stock had all the variables. It looked great. I, I do think it might not have had institutional sponsorship, but all everything seemed to be in place. So she goes on the website, and she calls me the next day, and she's like, Jim, I couldn't make it work. She's like, I'm not even sure this is a real company. She's like, there's something wrong. Well, the stock proceeded to do pretty well. And the next thing, I, I come into my office like, a month or two later and it's halted it never i i think it never reopened it was a fraud oh my god so having a a a shopper like she's a varsity player (laughs) um go and use those products and if you can using the products knowing what people are buying in mass kind of surveying people like i just talked to a lot of people very recently what do you want for christmas And several people said, you know, I'm investing in my house. I'm not buying a new one. And I thought, restoration hardware. Yeah. And it just kind of had a nice gap up, and it was sitting, it came down to the 50, but it never broke it. And it just sat there saying, I'm doing something special, buy me. (laughs) And so I had the knowledge of what people were, you know, it's it's kind of a... it's anecdotal yeah. it's not hardcore research right but it, it, it's valuable, very but, valuable. Uh, yeah a
1: lot of times you'll stumble onto a great idea if you just kind of keep your ear eyes and ears open i mean that's how i stumbled on tesla years ago i just saw the the car it, it was right near where the master's program is it's on third street promenade right there they had a shop and i i was like i've never seen a car as amazing as this and it's
2: ninety thousand, and they're selling out of it Left and right. They can't make them fast enough. Right. And there's all these haters, and now it's like the truck is, it's better than any other truck out there, and there's people saying, literally, a well-known hedge fund manager came out and said, I doubt it will ever be produced. We're talking about possibly the Thomas Edison of our time here. Yeah. He's he's proved the haters wrong over and over and over with PayPal, with SpaceX, the whole thing. Yep. And- uh, if you drive one of these, I've driven a couple of them. You talk to these owners; they love these cars. Yeah. So now there's a time to be in it, and then there's a time to let it digest. Right now is a time to be in it. I, I would have actually liked to have talked about Tesla. Its current talk about it right now. Well, it, you know, it had a monster earnings beat. It has. Uh, excuse me one second. Yep. So so I had a big
1: beat back in October on October 24th and had a. a, a Massive gap up 17% uh, at that point, and, and it's right near new highs now. It's slowly just kind of grinding higher and, and uh, right near new highs.
2: They beat by 542%. The volume signature has been really good. It had a little digestion. Uh, it's, it's running up. Um, the estimates, they're expected to make 540 next year. Um, the up to down volume is 1.6. Now here's the beauty. The group strength is number six. Uh, Ferrari is in here. That's right. Now, what does it say about this, the current economy if when Ferrari, Ferraris like they can't? That's a really good point. Well, yeah. um, I guess people are making some money right now. Yeah. And this stock just acts great. Now, I think like twenty five percent of this float is short. If this makes a new high, this is going to be a very very bad day for the shorts. Right. I and you know, Tilray was a short squeeze. Now that's a very different situation. That was a, a, a illiquid stock, but Teledoc. I don't want to overstate the case, but Teladoc might be like 35% short. Yeah. And it is acting pretty well. Um, Tesla has a lot of the variables I look for. It's a revolutionary product. And you tell me, show me a Tesla owner who doesn't like it. Okay. Then I might, I won't, I still won't sell it because most people do. Yeah. Tesla looks, would have been an, I, I own Tesla right now. Eve owns Tesla. Eve is a pro shopper. I mean, who is so, i'm dutiful that she's willing to spend that kind of money that's true to do market research
1: that's true and and with tesla with the with these uh uh, all all the owners there i've seen on the internet they they get together they have like tesla events like at at places it's pretty remarkable it's kind of like a club
2: yeah uh i think european auto manufacturers came out and said we're not going to design internal combustion engine cars anymore wow uh i think i was just in china it's stunning how the, the mass of humanity, it's quiet. They're all on electric scooters and a significant amount of the cars. Uh, there's no engine noise. You, The noise you hear is the rubber on the road, the, the whirring.
1: Oh, that's wild. Uh, I, I,
2: there's no question. It's more efficient. It's just a wildly superior product. So shorts, I... <laughs> it's, I merry Christmas
1: <laughs> and, and and so let's end this bonus episode of Investing with IBD War Stories with Jim Ropel Jim, thanks for taking extra time to share more stories with us. Uh, it's been very valuable.
2: My pleasure. I just want to say, you know, optimists prevail. Never, ever, ever give up your time and, and dutiful attention to it, but never give up your edge never sacrifice with lower quality. And just if I can do this, anybody can
1: do this. So Merry Christmas. Well said. Thanks, everybody. And thanks for listening.
0: And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcasts at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.